Um, this morning, we basically, there's nothing new that I can preach about. I mean, this topic has been preached about so many times. But I'd like you to leave with one thing here today, and that's with a renewed vigor, a renewed passion for what Jesus has done for us. Two words came out, and, and the one was, fear not, I'm, I'm your redeemer, I'm your redeemer God, I'm the one that saves you. The other one that came was about the fact that we, the amazing work that Jesus has done on the cross and the depth of our salvation. Um, and we need to celebrate that. And, and, and that's exactly what I'd like to do today is just to paint a picture and, and, and unpack a bit of the word so that we leave here with a, a, a exuberance, a passion, just a joy that cannot be contained. So what I'd like to do is I'd like you to get this picture. Um, picture me being a young kid. Now, that's going to be difficult. Um, but picture me being like an eight- or nine-year-old. And then, and then I want you to picture yourself as an eight- or nine-year-old. Right? And I'm taking you into Toys R Us. And we're going to walk through Toys R Us, and I'm going to show you this thing and that thing. And we're going to look around, and, just, and, and your eyes are going to be everywhere. There's just so much to see. So much to take in, and, and that's the kind of speed we're going to go through because we haven't got a lot of time, but, but there's just so much that we can look at and stand in awe. And if you, if you would have been in awe in a toy shop with me, I guarantee you there's no words to describe when you truly look at Jesus and what he's done for us. Then there's no words to describe when we say we stand in awe. It's, it's just, we don't have the words. We stand in awe of what he's done. So we're going to do a quick run through Leviticus 16 and uh, see where that takes us. Glad you came. Let's get Leviticus 16. So it's, I know for some of you it's, it's that, that book in the Bible that you read before breakfast. Um, <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> it's like the third book from the front. Uh, I see some people like looking at the back near Revelation. After Revelation, you find maps. and just continue right around. You come back to Genesis, Exodus, and then <laughs> Leviticus. Is that okay? Okay, so, so we're going to read um, from verse 1. And what I'm going to do is just some of the places, I'm just going to do a bit of a running commentary on what that verse says and, 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 what, and the implication of it. Um, and some of the portions of Scripture I'll just hold or, or pause on a bit longer. Um, I'm not really going to unpack as such the, 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 the various Scriptures. Um, it will just take far too long. But it says this, that the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they drew near before the Lord and died. Now, now, now. <laughs> For some people, that's hard to, to, to grasp. But this is the God that we serve. The God that we serve is a loving God. And people like to portray Him or just think of Him as a loving God. God is love, yes. But God hates sin. God loves the sinner. But God cannot tolerate sin. And God deals harshly with sin. Um, it says here that they died and the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, now this is tell their father, and he's Moses' brother, tell your brother not to come at any time into the holy place 
inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark so that they may not die. Now, this is no excuse. This scripture is no excuse that you can quote it to your mother-in-law and say, don't just come at any time. Right? You need permission. This is not the mother-in-law scripture, this one. But it shows us that the restrictions that the people of God had, they couldn't just come in. I mean, the, 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 the high priest couldn't just come into the Holy of Holies at any time that he wanted to. And yet today, we can get together like this, and we can sing and dance and worship God because Jesus has made that way. Jesus broke that limitation that the high priest had, and he is the great high priest, and he destroyed that limitation, and therefore we are no longer limited. We can come into the presence of God anytime, anywhere, even at your workplace. So use that. It says here, um, you can come inside the veil because the veil was the limitation, actually. Um, you couldn't go beyond the veil. You could be a priest, but not have been behind the veil. So, before the mercy seat is on the ark, um, that you may not die, for I will appear as a cloud over the mercy seat. Now, I want you to pay attention to the next line that we're going to start reading, verse 3. It says, this, it gives the description of how a priest... A high priest had to come into the presence of God. And now we're going to start uh, making a comparison between uh, the high priest back then and Jesus as our high priest and how they would come into the presence of God and how we can come into the presence of God. So it says, But in this way Aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. So let me just give you a short explanation of what that is. A sin offering was an offering made, and there were two parts to it. One was the, obviously the, uh, the, the, the killing of the, of, of the animal, the sacrifice, and, and some of the prime fat burnt on the altar as a fragrance before God. And the other part, the in, intestines and the skin and, and all the dirty parts needed to be dealt with outside the camp. And you start to get the picture. Jesus dealt with our sin by shedding his blood, but his body, he was crucified outside the camp. So he was our sin offering. Now, the next one is a burnt offering, which is all for God. Like we would sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is a, a hallelujah. This is an offering unto God because as they burn that sacrifice, that fragrance, that uh, you, you've, you've smelt it on a Saturday afternoon when your neighbor brides meat. That lovely fragrance on the fire goes before God as a beautiful fragrance, as a hallelujah, as a glory to God. And this is how the high priest had to come into the presence of God. But that's not all. And this becomes very, very interesting. It says here, verse 4, He shall put on the holy linen coat. That means he needs to take off his priestly garment, the, the fancy embroidered one. And he's got to put on a plain white linen garment. 
Because it's not about show here. It's not about bling. It's about entering the presence of God. And then we can bring nothing that gives us glory. Nothing that actually elevates us above others. There's no, no, no tags like in the army that elevates you above anybody else. You come in and you just have your linen coat on. We used to sing a chorus back, way back, and I'm giving my age away. Um, I gave him my old tattered garment. He gave me a robe of pure white. And, and this is this. It's, it's, it's in its simplicity. It's powerful. But now, here's the part that, we, that you might battle with today. It says, He shall put on a linen coat, and he shall have linen undergarment on his body. That's basically a linen underpants. So you've got to have your new jockey on when you come into the presence of God. Now I'm telling you, I'm telling you today, if God says put on a new undergarment when you come into my presence, you know he's serious. You know serious stuff's about to happen when you need to have a brand new undergarment on. We'll see why later. And he shall tie a linen chest around his waist and, a linen, uh, and wear a linen turban. These are the holy garments. The, the point is, the, the powerful picture of the simplicity, it's not about the clothing. It's not about the attire. It's all about the presence of God. And that's how we should come. We should come when we come before God. It's not about the size of the band. It's not about the size of the building. It's not about how well I know scripture. It's not about how well I can sing. It's not about any of that. It's all about the presence of God. And when we come into the presence of God, our heart attitude should be right in his presence. Often we come into his presence and we still have something against the neighbor. We still have something against a friend or a family member or, or just another saint in the, in, in the body of Christ. And we think that we can stand in the presence of God and, and, and justify our position. Whereas God says, no, no, no. I want you to come into my presence with nothing of you. Nothing that makes you you. And come into my presence and experience the power of my presence. So he's, he's got to bring a sin offering for himself. And I want you to, to see that when he brings the sin offering, it's that offering I spoke about where the sacrifice is made, a portion is kept inside, dealt with inside, and the blood is sprinkled around the mercy seat, and the rest is burnt outside. That's the normal uh, way a sin offering was made. Um, he had a, needed a burnt offering, holy linen, and he needed to be washed. So now let's, let's really get into what this Day of Atonement was about and the, picture that I, the real picture I want to give you. It says there, just get that scripture again. Then he shall take two goats and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So now he's going to deal. He, the first sin offering and the first burnt offering deals with he's making atonement for himself. Now he's got to make atonement for the nation. And he's got to make a sin offering. And that it's not a, a, a spelling mistake there when it says that um, then he shall take 
two goats and set them before for the entrance of the Lord of tent of meeting. Um, and that is to be one sin offering. Two goats for one sin offering. Just before this, we spoke about one animal, one bull for one sin offering. The reason why this is, when now he's got to, he's got to use two goats, is because God wants to really impress on them how he deals with sin. I better put my phone over. She's talking to me in my pocket. Well, I don't know. I just want to go off. Okay, bit of my wife. She can deal with it. <laughs> um, so we're looking at, the, at, the, at these two, two goats for a reason. Because the picture that God wants to give God's, His people is so vivid that one goat couldn't do the job. Once a year, once a year, the people came together so that their sins can be atoned for. So that the sins can be forgiven. So, so now an animal had to die to shed his blood to cover their sin for a year. And I say cover with a reason. Because atonement in the Old Testament is not quite the same as in the New Testament. Atonement in the Old Testament is covering sin. Atonement in the New Testament with reference to Jesus is taking away sin. And that's where their problem lies because they needed one animal to be slaughtered and the blood to, make, to be taken inside the, 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 the Holy of Holies and the blood to be sprinkled so that sin can be atoned for. But then there's a problem. Sin has not been taken away yet. And God wanted that picture as well. So he would take two goats and they would sacrifice the one the one was for the Lord, and that one was sacrificed and the blood shed. That's to cover sin. But the other one, the other one is the one we're going to read about now. It says here, And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord, and use it as a sin offering. So that's exactly how we spoke before. The blood needs to be shed, and the rest needs to be burnt out outside. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel, now, that's not a name you want to give your, your newborn child. It's not a good name. Uh, it, it, it actually refers to scapegoat. The word scapegoat, this is the word scapegoat. Right? That's where it comes from. You say somebody's a scapegoat. This is the scapegoat, the Azazel. Right? He says, um, And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell to the Lord and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which, which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement of it. And that, may, that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel. So here's the picture. Two goats, one killed. And then Aaron goes inside the Holy of Holies, and he makes atonement for the people. And for a short while, the Bible actually says that, we will read it later on, that while he's doing that, no other priest is allowed in the tent of meeting. No other priest. So nobody can see him, nobody knows what he's doing, and he's behind the veil. And he's making atonement, he's, he's negotiating covering for his people. 
And you can imagine the hush around the, the tabernacle. You can imagine how people go quiet because right now it's about their sin being covered for a year or Aaron dies inside and their sin is not, is not covered. And they go quiet because they're waiting for Aaron to come out. Because if he comes out alive, God has accepted the offering. And then Aaron comes out and he presents himself to the people after he's made the atonement and the cheer that goes up. The excitement, our sins are covered for a year. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the guy that, that just murdered somebody else or just stole somebody else's money? He's just so happy his sins are forgiven. But just for a year. And the, the shout goes up, and then they go quiet again. Because now their sins are atoned for, but their sins are not removed yet. And that's when Aaron pulls the other goat close by, and he lays his hands on that goat. And he puts the sin of the nation on the head of that goat. And as he does that, there's, a, there's a, a murmur starting because they want him to send that goat away. The Azazel, the scapegoat, needs to go outside, needs to go away, and it's going to be taken away. So once the sin is on that goat, they start shouting, away with him. Away with him. Take that goat away because once that goat is gone, our sins are taken away. And somebody will take that goat to the wilderness and as that goat, they say that it would go over a, 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 a mountainside, a cliff, and he would, would die. And the, the guy who took him there will come back. And as this guy comes back, there's excitement brewing because that means that, means that this sin has been taken away. And, and now the full picture of what Jesus has done for us comes into play because not only has this sin been atoned for, this sin has been taken away as well. But as he comes into the camp, he needs to take those clothes off. And the last thing you want to hear as he enters the camp is, eh, the goat is back. <laughs> and there was a possibility that it could happen. So he, that guy stayed out there until the goat died because he didn't want to bring him back. Because if the goat came back, their sin is not taken away. And that's a picture of what Jesus has done for us. But it's a limited picture because they needed two goats to complete what God demanded in terms of forgiveness of sins. And it all starts with the limitation of man and it points to the limitation of the high priest as well because the high priest's limitation was that he... He first of all needed holy underpants. When we know that now. Um, but the best that he could do, the best that the high priest could do was to identify himself with, with the sacrifice. He could only put his hand and say, on the head and say, our sins are on, the, on, on this animal right now. But, but the picture of Jesus... I'm going to read it to you. Let me go. Can you go to, to, to um, Hebrews 10, please? Here's one of the limitations of, of the high priest. His job never stopped. 
Because he had to continuously, because people continually sinned, he had to continuously, year after year, and other times of the year, he had to continuously make offerings. It says here, every high priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. And that's what I'm saying. The sin was not taken away, really. It was just covered. That was the limitation of the high priest. They could just cover the sin. It says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for the sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. His job is done. He doesn't have to do it again and again. And again. His job is done. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. Job done. And that's why I've, I've called today's message confidence in the sacrifice. Jesus as our sacrifice. We have confidence in the sacrifice. He did it once. Done. And if that, that, that doesn't get us celebrating, then I don't know what's going to get us celebrating. His work is done. And let's go to, to Hebrews, Hebrews 9. It says this. When Christ appeared, he as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. The limitation of the high priest was he could only identify with the sacrifice. Jesus is the high priest and the sacrifice. That's our God. That's the Jesus that we serve. He's not just identifying with the sacrifice. He is the sacrifice. So he enters, he enters by his own blood. And then this happens, as I said, where the high priest goes in and there's this tension. Will he come out alive? Will he come out alive? And think about when Jesus died. He died. He was buried. And for a while, we couldn't see what he was doing. But he was making atonement for our sin with his own blood. He was in the Holy of Holies. He wasn't dead the enemy thought he was dead. No, he laid down his life. And he, for that little while that we didn't see him, he was making atonement, but not just covering sin. He was taking sin away. And then after that, he comes out of the tomb, a tomb that could not hold him, and he presents himself in the same way that Aaron presented himself the sacrifice has been accepted by God. Hallelujah. That's why we, can, we are here today. Because Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. And he came out and he showed himself. And I, I have a feeling that we need to more often think on that. So that we can celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. Sometimes we say in meetings, Jesus is alive. And it goes past like nobody said anything. But when, I promise you, when that high priest showed himself, the people went ballistic because they understood their sins are forgiven. Even if it's just for a year. So here's the part that 
that really points to Jesus. It says this, that the Azazel goat was separated from the goat that was unto the Lord. And it's not written like that in the Bible, but when you do some research about tradition, the only way that they could separate the two goats, the idea was that one should be prayed over as the, as the goat for the Lord, the other one as, as the other, Azazel goat. So once they've prayed, and they've cost lots. Okay, is it any, mini, miny? You, you, the scapegoat. The poor goat goes, oh, not me, not me. Okay, you the goat for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's me. But they could not be switched around afterwards. So to identify them, the one from the other, was that they took a red rope and tied it around the horns of the scapegoat. So they knew which one was the scapegoat. And, and as they stood there, they looked at the goat. After the sacrifice was made, they looked at the goat with a red ribbon around its head. And they would say, take him away. Take him away. Why is that important? Because Jesus on the cross said these words. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. He was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Jesus just displayed the, His grace on that cross because actually they knew what they were doing. Because when Jesus, when Jesus was standing in Pilate's hall, what did they do? They pressed a crown of thorns on His head and a ring of blood appeared on His head. A red ring appeared on his head. And what did they shout? Away with him. Take him away. Take him away. Because they knew that picture was just too close to home. That picture was, take him away. We don't, want, we don't want to know what we're doing to him. We don't want to admit what we're doing to the Son of God. Take him away. Take him away. But the glorious thing is this, that Jesus, <laughs> Jesus could die for sin. And take sin away at the same time. We didn't need two sons of God. One son of God, the perfect sacrifice. He took our sins and our sorrows, as it says in, in verse 21 of Leviticus 16. It says, And he shall take, lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions. And then we can immediately go to Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and by his stripes we are healed. They knew the picture. Because they worked in pictures. Their minds worked in pictures. And then I said, then I said, when they've identified that goat and they've put the sin of the nation on the goat, there was a man standing ready to take that goat away. As they shouted, Azazel, as they shouted, take him away, there was a man appointed. It wasn't just any guy. There was a man appointed to take that goat away. And that is where my warning wants to come, comes in this morning to you. Because Jesus, 
was the man appointed to take the sin away. Yes? But in Hebrews, in Acts chapter 17, can we get Acts 17 verse 30 up there please? The times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. You see, Jesus is not only the man appointed to take the sin away. He's also the man appointed to judge those who have not accepted him as Lord and Savior. He is the man appointed. As much as he could do the same job in one body that two goats had to do. He's, he is the one man appointed to take the sin away, but he is the man that's going to judge this world who has not accepted him as Lord and Savior. You see, as much as that man came back with good news, the man who took the lamb, the, that goat away, who took the sin away, the scapegoat, the Azazel, the one that took that away, as much as he came back and he was, he was welcomed back as a hero, only those whose sins have been forgiven will welcome Jesus back as their hero. Otherwise, he's going to be the man appointed to judge this world and the sin of this world. Revelation 19 verse 11 says this. Have you got that one? Not that one. I'll read it for you. Maybe I was half asleep at 2 o'clock this morning when I read that part. says this about that man that was appointed the man appointed to judge this world the man is coming back after he's taken away the sin it says this of him revelation 19 verse 11 it says i've seen the heaven opened and behold a white horse the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes are like flaming fire, and on his head there are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Jesus is not only the man who took the sin away, he is the one that's coming back to judge. And as the same way that that man who took the goat away had to come back and change his clothes, Jesus has changed his clothes. He's coming back with a robe dripped in blood, and he's coming back with fire in his eyes. But for those, those who have accepted him as Lord and Savior, it will be a welcoming sight. It will be an amazing sight. But the reality is, the reality is we started off this chapter by saying people that came into the presence of God and, and were living in sin, they died on the spot. That's what happened to Aaron's son, two sons. So when, when this Jesus comes back with fire in his eyes, riding on his white horse, if you're born again, if you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you will welcome him.